Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. Breaking news. I usually don't do news, but I'm going to. So, Spartan was holding the Carolina Ultra and the Beast at the Carolina Adventure World ATV Park that was in Blithwood or wherever you call it, the city. They've changed the location. The new location is the uh, Tryon or Tyrion Equestrian Center in Mill Spring, North Carolina, which is back over towards Spartanburg. I think it's a little bit north of Spartanburg. So that's a little bit of news to everybody that was already booked your hotels. Uh, you're going to have to change them. So yay, Spartan. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I love going to new venues and trying new things and Somebody posted on my or commented on my Instagram post that uh, the new place is really nice. So, and it was Scott Scott Zan, Zanini or whatever. I think we raced in uh, Lake Lanier. I think he's on Discord too. Also, I got a new review on Apple Podcast, and I'm going to read that. Uh, the title is "Beer with Scott" from Casadiopia. Uh, he's on Discord too. Uh, if you're not on the Discord channel and you're, you, I mean, it's like a online chat room and we've got different topic channels or segments or whatever you want to call it. And we all talk OCR and it's, it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. I mean, some of it's not all what I'm interested in, but it's, it's fun. It's always good. And you, you learn news on there even before you do on social media sometimes, which sometimes I don't understand that, but it's pretty cool. You need to check it out. So anyway, Beer with Scott, literally the best podcast to sit down and have a beer with. Scott is very down to earth and easy to listen to, and I appreciate the hell out of his detailed conversations about training and race experiences. Hey man, I appreciate that, because I mean, that's what it is to me. I mean, I do this because it inspires me. I like talking to people and hearing their stories and their perceptions of how the race went for them, and I like just people talking OCR and telling me their story about how the race was, man. That's just cool to me. Anyway, on this episode, I got my buddy, Sean Clayton, and I remember seeing him running races for the first time and thinking, man, this dude's pretty bad. And I got to know him and talking to him, him and his buddy Darun from race to race. And, you know, we pretty much live here in the Southeast, so we go to a lot of the same races and He's a really cool guy, and a few months ago, he had a video that uh, interview that was on CBN, uh, www.one.cbn.com, and uh, I mean, if you ever talk to Sean in person, I mean, he just seems so calm and, and collective, like, you know, nothing's ever phased this guy, 
And the video talks about how when he was growing up, he, you know, he had a lot of trials he had to go through to get to where he's at. And uh, it's a really awesome video. And I suggest everybody go and, and watch this video so you know a little bit about Sean before you, you listen to the interview. Or listen to it after, it doesn't matter. I'll uh, put a link on um, on the Facebook post uh, before or after I post this episode. But anyway, it's a really good episode and I hope you enjoy it. Here it goes. Sean Clayton, what is going up, going on today, my man? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Hey, man. Glad to have you on here, man. So, uh, Sean, let's just start off, man. You just tell us about, like, what you do for a living, man, where you're from, how old are you, man? Tell us about Sean. <laughs> I'm uh, 29 years old. I'm from uh, Lexington, South Carolina. I've pretty much grown up here my whole life. Um, right now, I work UPS early in the morning. I'll go in there anywhere from, uh, like, 2 to 4.30 in the morning. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I get off there uh somewhere between eight and nine and then uh like right now i'm working construction working for my dad during the summer but then after the summer i go to school full time right so like the ups is that like the four hour shifts where you just you're emptying trucks or loading yep. trucks up yeah i'm in the unload so that's where i'm at for four hours yeah we've got a um a ups place here in tifton and i knew some friends that used to would go on and they'd do those four hour shifts but it's like, is it four hours until you're done? Do you have to, like, finish until you unload the truck? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you go till everything's done and the unload. So, I mean, sometimes it's shorter. Sometimes we're only in there for, like, three hours. Um, like, around Christmas, we'll be in there for a lot, you know, a lot longer, five, six hours. I'll usually work triple shifts then. And, Holy crap. You know, a bunch of extra money. Right. So, like, is there, like, a certain amount of, like, do y'all do, like, two trucks a day or something like that? How many people's on a crew and everything? No, it's, like, it depends. I mean, because, like, like, Wednesday's the heaviest day. Um, I don't know why that is, but Wednesday's huh. always the heaviest day. Better than Friday. Yeah, so, like, right now our volume range is anywhere from, like, 28,000 packages a day. That'd be, like, Monday and Tuesday, and then it'll get up to, like, around 40,000. Wow. Um, then, I mean, as we get closer to Christmas, that'll skyrocket some more. Right. And I heard you say you were going to school. What are you going to school for? Uh, I'm going to get a degree in exercise science. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I you're not stuff. you're not planning on being a rural truck driver and putting on the, the brown uniform and going to everybody's house? No, it's it's kind of a sweet gig, like the part-time thing. Like a lot of guys there, they, um, they'll work the early shift that I'm working and then you pretty much have the whole day to run your own business. So ideally I'll be working there. And, uh, you know, the other great thing about UPS is they have, you know, free benefits that cover your whole family on a part-time schedule. So, Oh, that is cool. I didn't know they yeah. did that. That's yeah. Sweet. So you work there and then, uh, they get off and they run their businesses during the day. So ideally I'll be running my own business, coaching, personal training, something along those lines. Oh, and that would work great too. And, you know, you'd still get that good morning workout at UPS and have the benefits and everything. And then you could do your own like personal training thing too. Yep. Oh, sweet idea, man. Sweet idea. Yeah, man. I noticed like, I follow you on Instagram, man, and you're always posting a picture of your watch and it's always saying like two o'clock or four o'clock and, I see it like at five o'clock. I'm thinking, man, it's killing me just to get up at five o'clock and go to work and work out and everything. 
Yeah, man. A lot of people that are just always asking me, you know, how do you fit everything into a day? And I'm like, well, I just don't really sleep a whole lot. And so I just started <laughs> posting my watch. Now not as many people ask me how I get it all done. Yeah, because you do like your hard workouts pretty late in the day too, man. And that was, yeah. I, I don't see how you do it. I don't see how you do it. It must be, yeah. it must be the Kill Cliff you're drinking. <laughs> man, I'm sure they play into it. Slamming about three of those. Yeah, I'm usually, yeah, it's usually about three a day, honestly. Yeah, I need to try one. I've never tried one. Dude, I'll definitely bring you some at the next race. That's cool, man. That sounds about it. But, yeah, I noticed, like, you, you're building your shop now, and uh, I guess that's going to be, like, your gym. I've seen you say that. Oh, yeah, man. I've been, dude, that, I've been saving up for that for, like, the past six years. Like, that's what I've been working on, you know. That's pretty and, sweet. Two yeah, two garage doors. Yeah, like, about yeah they just put the garage doors in today so all i got left is a final inspection um i actually went up to greensboro i found a sweet um set of like squat racks for, for pretty cheap right and those this past weekend so i got like some nine foot full cage squat racks all connected by pull-up bars i'll be putting those up hopefully the next couple days yeah if anybody follows uh sean on instagram you'll notice he's got like a whole gym in his carport and he has to pull it out into the driveway to do a workout exactly it's been so annoying man but finally i got the building's 24 by 40 and then it's got 10 foot ceilings in it so now i can just go out there and just start you know tearing it up right not about moving crap around you might can park in the garage again after that huh <laughs> yeah that's what my wife says i'm like no nah, because nothing's going in my in my building in the back, just gym stuff. So all like the lawnmower and all that junk. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. So you got you got a wife and two kids, right? Yep, wife and two kids. Been married for eleven and a half years now. Wow, man, twenty nine. Man, you got to be. I mean, I think about my schedule and how busy I am. And here you are, man. You're married. You got two kids. You're getting up at like two and three o'clock in the morning, man, and still throwing down a kick-ass workout towards the end of the day, man. That's just awesome, man. Yeah, man. I'm trying to, you know. I mean, it honestly helps, you know, having a wife and kids because I know, you know, I got to do it. <laughs> I got to take care of them too. And if I want to ever get good at this obstacle racing thing, I better start training because I sure can't catch these fast jokers right now. I know, man. It's a runner's game for sure. It don't matter how fast you can get through the obstacles. If you can't haul ass running, man, you're behind. Yeah. So, man, tell us about that. Tell us how you got into OCR. Obstacle racing. So, it was like, <laughs> I think it's been six years now. Maybe seven. I can't remember. It's either six or seven. Um, yeah, six, because I started at the end of 2013. Yeah. Um, so basically I wasn't, I, I was in the army. Like when I was younger, I played soccer and stuff, but I didn't really play in high school at all. When I got to high school, um, the coach, I'd always been like a striker and, uh, he put me on defense and I hated defense. So I quit sports in high school. I went in the army and like, I was always in good shape, you know, like I had the highest PT score in basic, but I never really trained more than, you know, what they gave us to do you know pt every morning i never went and did anything extra right and then i got out of the army and i was um i mean i was in like i won't say i was in bad shape like i'd go play basketball go play volleyball but like i didn't do any training i never went to the gym or anything like that and um one of my managers i was working at amazon at the time and one of the managers there he was talking about running marathons 
And I hated running back then, still hate running now. And But I was like, huh. a marathon, that, that sounds pretty hard. And I was like, I think I'll go do one of those. And uh, so I started searching online to try and find a marathon that was close to me. And I found um, the Carolina Beast. And it was like 13.1 miles, hardest obstacles huh. you're going to do blah 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 you know so i was like all right i'm gonna go do that and i um i didn't train at all for it i trained two times before the carolina beast and um went out there and i finished i was like i think i was like 1400 and something place in the you know in the open wave right and so at that point i didn't even know i was being timed like i knew i had a timing chip on but it just never registered like i'm being ranked and all that yeah and uh I got the email like a week later. It says, like, you know, here's your results. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, I can do better than that. <laughs> and that's exactly how it started. And I just started training and, you know, here I am. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, man, I saw a, a video that you actually shared and it was on the, uh, the, the Christian broadcasting network, man. And it was, yeah. and it was about you growing up, man, and how you went through a bunch of just, you know, hard times and everything. And Sean, I got to be honest with you when I, when I watched this video and just knowing you from races, you know, and just talking to you at the races, I would have thought that you would never went through this type of, you know, serious hardships, man. And it was yeah. just, that was just, I mean, that was just a super shock to me, dude. I shared it on my page just to show to everybody, man. That, that was pretty inspiring, man. So I got my hats off to you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's definitely it's definitely been a wild ride, you know. It's, I mean, it's kind of cool now that people say that, you know, they just never would have expected. And it is wild. I mean, I, I never would have expected I'd be here, you know, working out, you know, coming from you know, my past and everything, running around with a gang when I was younger and stuff, fighting all the time, drugs. I mean, I did every drug I could get my hands on, you know, to go from being, you know, smoking crack at 18, 19 years old to running 50-mile obstacle races. I mean, it's just nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it was just, it was, it was an eye-opener to me because, you know, just, you seem like this calm, just stellar guy that, you know, has never had a problem with anything, you know, it was just, it was wild. And I, I'll share it again, you know, before I post this episode for everybody you can check it out on my Facebook page, but y'all need to go watch that video before y'all uh, listen to this or, you know, listen to it or go watch it after you listen to this, but it's really cool. Sean's been there and done that and he ain't even 30 yet. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You turned 30 this year. I just turned 30 the other day. Oh, you did? Oh, I yeah. thought you said you was 29 a minute ago. Dang, I did. So, see, I can't even remember. <laughs> it's literally then, yeah, I've been 30 for five days now. That's right. Dang. Oh, wow. That's all, that, you're getting old, man. <laughs> you start forgetting yeah. stuff like that. I know, man. My mind's going already. I tell you what, dude. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm on the opposite. I'm about to turn 40 in a few days, or July the 16th. And uh, so... To me, the 30s were way better than the 20s, to me. So, hopefully it'll be that way for you. Yeah, I'm, re I'm really hopeful, you know. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be graduating college in a couple of years and hopefully get the business run and stuff. 30s should be good, man. Heck yeah, man. I mean, because, like, in my 20s, you know, I was first getting into my first marriage. You know, I got out of my first marriage. And you're getting your house, and it's like you're 20. 
you've, you've got that attitude like, I know everything, but, you know, you're still figuring everything out. You're stressing about, like, every mortgage payment and every bill comes in. You know, you're balancing your checkbook down to, like, the penny. Man, yeah. in your 30s, man, I, I don't even pay attention to none of that stuff anymore. <laughs> it's just you get into a more relaxed mode with life to me when, when I got to my 30s. That's that sounds about like what, you know, I'm kind of like, I, you know, starting to realize towards the end of my 20s, you know, just like not worrying about so many things and just kind of letting life do its thing, you know? Yeah, man. It's cool, man. I'm looking forward to a few years of that because it's definitely been rough. <laughs> yeah. It'll get, man, I'm telling you, man, 30s are great. You'll, man, when you get like about halfway through your 30s, you'll be like, man, Scott was right. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. So, uh, I saw in that video that you were on American Ninja Warrior, man. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was on season seven of American Ninja Warrior, and uh, I'm, I did pretty well. Um, I made it to stage two in uh, Las Vegas, national finals. So, uh, as a rookie, I was pretty hopeful that they would give me another shot, you know, because I beat most of their dang athletes. Right. And, uh, <laughs> nope, never gave me another shot, man. <laughs> And that was right on your in your uh, ballpark because you didn't have to do a lot of running with it. I know, man. Like, I, <laughs> honestly, I never expected to get that far. That was another thing that was like, my family was like, "Hey, you need to apply for this show," and I was like, "Nah." And then they're they're like, "Seriously, it's a bunch of obstacles. Just just go for it." And so, like, I submitted a video, and I never never watched the show at all. Didn't know what they did. Oh wow! You know, and so yeah, I get the call. They're like, "You're on the show." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And so like. I'm not, I'm, I knew that there was a qualifier round and I knew that there was a regionals and I knew that on TV, those are a regional final. I knew that on TV, those are aired, you know, six weeks apart. So like in my mind, I was like, I'll go to the qualifier. If I do well enough to get into the finals, I have six weeks to, you know, to really hit it hard, train hard for it. Well, they don't tell you they film those things like one after the other. Like you do the one, the one night, like on Friday and then you do the regional finals on Saturday night. So I get this oh, email. Wow. Yeah, like two weeks before and they're like, This is what we're doing, this is how Orlando's gonna go and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I gotta do the regional finals the day after So like <laughs> I look it up like at this point two weeks out and I'm looking this up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea what these guys were doing and I'm like way under trained for this. <laughs> Obviously there's nothing I can do at that point, you know, it's two weeks out. You're not getting much stronger you know in that time yeah but my you know training was pretty good up to that point so uh ended up doing pretty well you know making the las vegas it's pretty happy with that so how many actual runs did you do up to through that whole season four four hang on what's pretty good yes so i mean there's six total so what year was that gosh what was season seven I don't even know, man, now. I think it's been like four years, so right. 2015 maybe. Those videos on YouTube so we can go watch them? Man, they didn't air anything on me. I was so mad. What? <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, there's like little fast-forward clips. Um, I'll have to go see. Like, I have them saved somewhere. Like, it's between the commercial break. Well, while you yeah. was at the commercial break, Sean Clayton made the course in this, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it was like... The worst part about it was for the regional finals, they were like, they called me and they're like, we're going to air your, your whole story, you know? 
And so I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, I'm getting a ton of airtime. Well, so, cool. like, I invited all these people out to this restaurant. And we're all out there waiting for, like, my run on the regional finals. And they're like, while you're away, Sean Clayton in, like, three oh, seconds. Oh, man. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, so I had all these people at this restaurant, you know. And yeah. Well, that Nothing was embarrassing, happened. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you. And then, like, I go and, like, I'm, I sent them an email. I'm like, hey, what was up? Like, you guys said you were going to put me on. And they were like, yeah, we decided your story was too dark for TV. What? Like, well, well, thanks. <laughs> you can't come back on the show anymore. <laughs> that was it, man. They just didn't want anything else to do. That's crazy. Have you ever thought about reapplying, though? I did, man. I did. Uh, actually, the, the year after that, I went and sat in the walk online. Cause I was like, I'm gonna win this thing this year. And, uh, I, I mean, I trained hard that whole year and, uh, I went into the walk online in Philly. They usually run, um, 25 walk-ons. Right. And, um, so we all got in, we were ready to go. It's like three in the morning. They're like, everybody start warming up. It's still dark. So they have time to film. They just film through the night cause the stage looks all better and stuff. So it, it yeah. has to be dark. So there's still time. There's plenty of time. And um, they were like, hey, we're, we're not going to let any of you guys run. <laughs> we're like, what? Oh, man. Uh, basically, that's the story that year. They had, That was the first time that um, four females had made it um, into the regional finals. And right. they didn't want to knock any of them out. And so they wouldn't let any of us run. Man, that's bogus, dude. <laughs> you had to have been like yeah. super let down and upset. Yeah. It was pretty frustrating. I bet it was. Man. I, you know, a, a lot of people like that show and they get into it, you know, but a lot of times I think a lot of people like it because of like, you know, the, the back stories, you know, and, but yeah. to me, I, I don't like the back stories. I'd rather see the action because, you know, I forget. And it was like that one kid that always wears a bandana on his face, you know, and he wears like a hat backwards or something like that. I forget what his name is. But like they made this big deal and it was like a five minute clip of him. Yeah, he's been practicing all year and he goes out there, man, and just fails. And you're like, well, that was just an epic fail, you know. I mean, <laughs> why did y'all show us this five minute story? And then he goes out there and just fails. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's a TV show, so it's all about, can yeah. you sell it, you know, so. I guess they were it, building it up for the letdown or whatever, but. Yeah. Well, that sucks, man. I mean, that, that happened, because I'm sure you would have liked to, they, they, yeah. they, they ought to have a better qualifying for that besides, hey, you look like you would be good on the show, we'll have you. Yeah, man. Man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. There, I mean, it's a TV show, you know. There's a lot yeah. of things that people don't see, you know. I mean, all the competition stuff is real, you know. All those obstacles, they're freaking tough and they're hard. But, you know, a lot of the story stuff and, yeah. you know, that loser's trying to do their thing, so. There was a girl There was a girl in our town that tried out for American Idol and she could sing great. And they, they didn't even let her go to, like, uh, the table to where, you know, the main judges were at. Before she even got there, she got to this one table, and they said, no, you look too much like Kelly Clarkson, so we're not going to let you do it. <laughs> I mean, more or less. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, what? After they waited and waited and waited forever to get to that point, I'm like, man, TV yeah. just sounds like a circus to me. <laughs> so much. It's so frustrating, you know, especially like me, you know, being a competitor. You know, I, just, I just want to go out there and compete. You right. Know? That's what they show my story. But, man, like, let me get a second chance at that course, you know? Yeah. For real. But, um, so also saw last year, and last year was your first year where you ventured into Tough Mudder, right? Yeah, yeah. Tell us well, a little bit. Hey, let me take that back. Like four years ago, I did a Tough Mudder on back to back days. I did Saturday and Sunday. And, um, I ran it, and I was like, that was cool, but they weren't like, it wasn't a competition, you know? Like, yeah, that hey, was. I, before i like competing you know like that's what i want to do so like without the competition i was like it's just not for me you know it's great yeah it's fun yeah but me i like to compete you know yeah so so then last year you know they started doing all the competitive stuff again so i was like all right you know like i'll go out there with those guys it's fun yeah because you got second at one of the uh i was looking at your athletes profile and didn't you get second at one of the tougher waves um Let's see. Was I second or third? Maybe it might have been third. Cause you placed on your you placed on the the eight hour one too, didn't you? No, no, I didn't place on the eight hour one. Oh, you did? No, I just did my thirty five miles or whatever it was to qualify as a contender for World's Toughest Mudder. That was like the most horrible weekend, man. We like we drove like I think it ended up taking us like sixteen hours to oh get my there. God. South Carolina. We drove the next day. We raced and we ran all, you know, ran all night. We went back to the hotel, took a shower, slept for like an hour and a half, and then drove the sixteen hours back. That yeah, sounds so. awful. <laughs> it was horrible. I know the first ultra we did. We drove sixteen hours, did the ultra, went to sleep really late that night, and got up in like four hours and drove back. And I was so stove up by the time we got back. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Which uh, toughest did you do? I did, um, was that Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. Oh, wow. That was a long drive for y'all. Yeah. Why did y'all choose to do that one? Just work with everybody's schedules? Because it was you, Darun, and who else went with y'all? Me and Darun and um, Nathan France went up there. See, I think, honestly, the only other one was, uh, which other one was close to us? I think we had, did we have Philly that year? I think so. Yeah, it was something up there. I mean, they were pretty much the same distance. I actually think that was the closest one, honestly. I think Philly. Wasn't Philly was the one that Chad busted his leg open at, wasn't it? I can't even remember, honestly. Mm. Yeah. So, how did tell us about how that race went for you? Which on the eight hour? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that was a blast, man. Um, honestly, like I have a lot of fun at the ultra events because I can just like you know relax and just you know, run, I enjoy myself, you know, I'm going out there, I'm messing with people, you know, I'm like, you know, yelling at people, and then, right. I'm like, no, it's cool, dude, I'm just kidding, like, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, like, everybody writes their name on, like, the back, so, like, I'd run up to somebody, I'd be like, Smith, where have you been? And I'd, <laughs> he'd be like, what? Oh, what? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just kidding, dude, how you doing? <laughs> and, uh, so, it's just fun, I can relax more, you know, on ultra stuff, so, yeah. I had a blast, honestly, like, I'd, I'd love to do them. More, I wish they were competitive. Yeah, well, I think all they're give now is like a case of 
drinks or something if you podium now, right? Well, I know they do for the short ones. I don't know about the 12. Well, this year they're 12 hours, so I don't know what they give for the 12 hours. Yeah, I don't know, man. You would think yeah. they would at least give like some free race admissions, but that yeah. would make it worth it. You know, kind of like yeah. Spartan used to do on the second days. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But uh, So, you know, and I always see you working out, and your workouts are kind of, I'm not going to say cross-fit-ish, but maybe like, you know, a lot yeah. of Olympic uh, weightlifting and all. So how did you prepare for, you know, like an eight-hour endurance race? Because do you do a lot of long runs? I don't do a ton of them, but, like, if I have something long coming up, I actually do a lot of rucking. I like, you know, rucking heavy for, you know, most of the night, honestly. I do that, like, you know, once a week or every two weeks, something like that, leading up to, like, a big event. And um, that's usually how I prepare. I mean, we did, I did some stuff at the room. We went and ran. Um, we've done some long runs out in Asheville, me and him and Nathan. Right. Right. I've gone up there this weekend to do another one. So. But, yeah, I mean, I don't do them often, but if I have something long coming up, I like doing rucking, man. I think that I think it helps a ton. So what do you what do you ruck with like a ruck pack and like how much weight you put in it? Um, anywhere from it's usually around fifty pounds total. Like once you add in like water and food and stuff like that, it's yeah. usually around fifty. Um, the most I've done, I did like a sixty pound pack for thirty one miles one night. Holy crap! That's pretty tough. But yeah, usually it's like that range. I'll do like you know somewhere between twenty and thirty miles with the ruck. And I mean, I'll jog some of that and walk, jog, walk. Right. Man, there's got to be like a big difference between an actual like bag that you go rucking with or hiking with. Because man, I took like a regular just book bag and just put some weight in it and just walked around my neighborhood. And man, that thing was tearing my shoulders up, just digging into it before I got back to the house. I'm like, man, I don't see how people walk with these things on for like 10 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> I use my um, my assault pack from the army. I don't know if you're supposed to ruck in that thing or not, but I mean that's what I've always used. And it's, I mean it's always tough on the shoulders. Like your shoulders are always hurting bad, you know, by the end of it. But I don't know. It seems to work for me. Has that got like a waist belt thing? It kind of cinches it up too. It does yeah? Maybe that's the problem. That's what it I've always thought. I always thought yeah. it was like maybe that waist belt helps like distribute the weight a little better. Kinda. It doesn't so much take weight off, but it keeps it from bouncing as much, which right. is nice. It's, so it's not slamming your lower back the whole time. Mm. That sounds pretty cool, man. So tell us about uh, World's Toughest Mudder, because you did that too. Oh, yeah, man. That Man, I had so much, like looking back, you know, the thing sucked. It was absolutely horrible. But like looking back, I mean, that's a good time, man. You're just going out there and just pushing. And, uh... I mean, that, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the cold. That's what it came down to. Um, I felt like I could keep going. I just, you know, like so many people, couldn't get warm. And uh, all I had brought, all I had was a shorty. So I didn't have, Oh, my God. So I had a shorty wetsuit, and, um, and I just kept on trying to go and go. And, like, I mean, I got my 50 miles, but, um, yeah, I mean, by the I think it was like three o'clock in the morning. Like I, I just couldn't stop shivering anymore. I, I got like a bad pair of gloves too. Like I got um, scuba diving gloves. So I was yeah. like, these 
but dude, they have no grip when you try and like grab anything. And so like I was having to take them off and then like they're painting off and then you can't even get your hand back in them because they're so tight. Like it was, yeah, I just wasn't prepared for it. You know, I didn't have the right gear and ended up freezing out and I was like, all right, I'm done. Because who who all who all were you pitting beside? Because wasn't like Chad Hoke and Darun was with you. Yeah, Chad Darun and Nathan France. Yep. Yeah, and like all of y'all had like spring suits on, right? Or like half suits, right? Well, they had full ones. Like um, Chad Chad had a full one, I believe, and um, Nathan had a full. Yeah, Darun had a full one too. Cool. <laughs> I think I was the only one with the short. I think. I think Chad did have a shorty on for a little while. Maybe that was it. I thought I was pretty sure I saw him with a picture one on. He might have doubled up on shorties. Don't be mad at me, Chad, if you were in a shorty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did all y'all uh all y'all ran fifty miles, right? Um no. Nathan he didn't get fifty miles. Mm. But me and Darren and Chad did. Man, it looks like so much fun, and I always be like, yeah, this is going to be the year I'm doing it, but now they pushed it like another week into November, and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm like you. I don't think I would not handle that cold well, and I just don't want to drop all that money to you know, do it and then suffer. Are you going to do it again just for the fun of it? I don't know. Probably not. I mean... I had like you know sponsorships covered that race for me, so oh, I mean, yeah, because I have a certain company I work with that worked with Tough Mudder last year, right? So yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean, will I pay you know for it? Probably not. Like I said, I like competing. And it's weird, you know. People are like, well, why you're not gonna win, you know? Because like I know I'm not gonna win, but <laughs> I I just like competing against the best, you know. That's yeah. who I want. I want to see how, like, I compare, you know, how am I doing compared to the best in the world? That's who I like. And, I mean, I push harder. When I'm around, like, those guys, oh, like, yeah. I'm harder. Um, I'd like to go there and just try to get 50 miles. But, man, just the suffering you put your body through to do it, you know, it just seems like a lot. And I don't want to – I've got a wetsuit that I used to surf in. I'd probably have to lose a good 10 pounds before it would fit comfortably. <laughs> 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 but I, I thought about cutting it off to use it and i think it's a three two but like i don't know and i see them like dirt cheap on amazon i've been looking at them so i don't know my my luck you know i won't sign up for it i'm at least going to go and watch this year if i don't if i don't do anything i'm going to go at least watch maybe help pit yeah but, uh, i thought about going down there to pit too i mean you may see me down there pitting but probably not racing yeah, I mean, cause like at the at what point was is there did there come a point to you where you couldn't do the obstacles and you were having to take all the penalty loops because you just couldn't use your hands because they were so cold? No, actually, like I was still getting through the obstacles. Let me see, I failed two in fifty miles. And one of them was an electroshock thing where you had to like you had to reach through with like the pole and grab a wristband and then pull it back out. Yeah. And like I dropped the wristband, so that was a penalty. And then I uh-huh. failed. It was funky monkey. I just took the penalty because I had almost failed at the time the lap before. Right. And so I just took the penalty. 
Right. Well, that's pretty good, you know, under those conditions, and you only failed two obstacles. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty happy. So what was your, like, nutrition strategy for that event? Um. Anything and everything? Yeah, not so, I mean, I had, like, lots of carbs, obviously. Um, I personally like eating Laffy Taffy. What? Fast digesting carbs, man. So like I like I like probably a whole bag of Laffy Taffy. Um, I took like I took a bunch of gels too. Um, right. Had a bunch of hammer gels with me, some with caffeine in them. Um, I ate a couple things of soup, um, canned peaches. I think at one point I did eat some chips too because I wanted something different. Salty. So I got salty, yeah, crunchy. Besides but, the Laffy Taffy, you were eating pretty healthy, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, yeah. I'd have wanted like a box of donuts on my pit area or something. Hey, I mean, so. Man, I just know like every ultra I've done, when you get to the transition area, everybody's like, yeah, I always put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in there, man. I'm breathing so hard when I come into the pit area. It's like you can't chew a sandwich at that point. So. Yeah. But I guess in that sort of race, everything's kind of like a little bit slower paced and you've got more time to spend and it's more important that you take the time to actually stop and eat something that's solid and stuff like that too yeah i think yeah i can't remember i didn't eat like i don't think i ate any sandwiches or anything like that i don't know just gonna run like my pit guy the guy that i was gonna have doing my pit like called me the night before we were supposed to leave and he's like i can't make it I'm like, oh. what? yeah but luckily like i was with nathan and darun so they had some people and they were like we'll help you we'll cover you that's so like cool. i had that i don't know how you could do the race without a pit crew honestly like at first i was like i'm just gonna go down there without a pit crew and i'll be all right but i don't know how you could do that race without without a good pit crew so like i mean you you all you had was just uh your shorty so i imagine that once you got that on you were probably good right as far as like a pit crew goes or did you have them like stage and stuff for you as you come in yeah, like, they would, like, I mean, I didn't have to get dressed or anything. That was one thing. I mean, just getting into a shorty, you know, it's nice to have somebody else there to help you. That's huge. Right. I can only imagine getting into, like, a full wetsuit. I know. Because um, they talk they about, would, like, some of them will change. Like, they'll have two different thicknesses of wetsuits, and they're changing. Yeah. I'm thinking, that's got to be awful when you're already wet trying to get in and out of a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the other things they can do, though, is, like, they'll go, um, Tough Mudder has these tents where you can get, like, hot water at and stuff like that. And oh, so, like, they, wow. That, yeah, so they would, like, have the soup ready, and they knew how long, like, about how long it was taking us for a lap. So they could have stuff ready for us and go in there to get coffee or something like that, you know? So oh, that, cool. it's definitely helpful. You know, it saves you a lot of time. Hmm. That's pretty cool. What was, like, like, you know, what was the part about that race that you, like, hated the most that was the worst part of the race? Besides the cold. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, I don't know. Like, it, I mean, it was it's hard, you know? I mean, you kind of like, you're just miserable, but that's kind of what we do it for, you know? Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's like you hate it, but you love it out there. I mean, like, during it's rough, but I mean, I don't like getting shocked. I'll say that. I'm not a big fan of anything that shocks me. <laughs> I, 
I hate that, but I mean, I, I once the electroshock route was open, I took it every time. That's what I heard a lot of people were doing because it was. You could, yeah, you wouldn't get shocked as much as you'd think. You could avoid a lot of the stuff. That's good. How many times did you jump off of the stacks? Not once. What? Yeah, man. <laughs> Not one time. So you took did did you took the penalty on that too? No, no, no. I they didn't have they didn't open the stacks until midnight. So, like, at, I think me and Darun, we were at like thirty five miles, and I was like, I was like, all right, look, Darun, this is our plan. <laughs> we're gonna get through as long as we can get through two more laps and like however many hours it was i was like we'll we'll be coming through stacks at like 11:45 and we won't have to do it and then the next loop to get our 50 miles we can use the golden carabiner that we had right and then we'll bypass that whole section that has the stacks and we won't have to do it cuz literally the only thing we're thinking about at that point is how do you not get wet again because you, right. you're just so frozen and like that's all like that's like how your race gets planned at that point. We're just like, how do I avoid getting wet? As getting little cold. Long? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's how that's how I worked that out. And that's the thing. Like I would have loved to jump off. <laughs> it looked awesome, but not when it's like thirty something degrees out in the middle of the night and I'm already yeah. frozen. Man, Man I so. bet that water just stung jumping that high up and being that cold. <laughs> oh yeah. It looked like fun though. A lot of people said that it was just, it was just scary how high it was, and I'm sure being there in person, it was way worse than what it looked like in the pictures. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was up there. I remember like when you go by, you're like, wow, that thing is high. That's the thing. Like I, like I said, I would have loved to jump off of it, just not when it's you know thirty something degrees out and I'm frozen. <laughs> <laughs> So did y'all like finish up at the end of the twenty four hours? So or did we y'all... actually didn't know. We got our fifty mile bibs and yeah, it was like three o'clock in the morning and I was like, I'm not going back out. Oh yeah. Well that was good. You know, you got them, you got fifty done that quick too. Y'all must have been hauling ass on your first laps you were doing. Yeah, that was kind of part of my game plan because I wanted to avoid putting on my wetsuit as long as possible because, I mean, once you're in that thing, you're hindering your mobility and you just can't move as fast. So, like, I wanted to get as many laps done during the day as possible. And it was already cold during the day. It was, like, you know, in the 40s. Right. And, um, I mean, they, like, the second lap we were in the water, you know, like fully submerged. So you're pretty much wet. You know, from what are they? I think they started like twelve or one, something like that. I mean, from that point on, you were wet. And um, so, like, my goal was yeah to finish as many laps as I could before the sun went down, and then put my wetsuit on when I just couldn't take it anymore. So, how many laps did you get in before the sun went down? I don't remember honestly. It's a blur. <laughs> you you probably want to forget some of the parts of that race, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, like. Just like I said, so much of that race is just a blur. I just remember it being miserable. I remember like people like mentally like breaking down and like I mean I remember like coming through the woods and there was just this girl like crying and she was like, I'm not gonna make it like we were like, You gotta start moving because like yeah. you, know, you are not gonna make it. And so like there's people all around her like trying to help her like 
walk, you know, trying to get her to a medic. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was nuts. Like, there were people, like, literally, like, just breaking down, like, could not take it anymore. Dang. Man, I love hearing stories about it because I want to do it, and it sounds like just such a, you know, good time and everything, but just yeah. seems like when I run a lot of miles, I start hurting too. So, and I would, I would want to be out there and get the 50, you know, I'd probably be one of those that just had to walk a lot. Yeah. I mean, everybody's walking at that point. Yeah. I walked a lot of miles, but I like my body felt pretty good. Like surprising for as many miles as I don't run, like I, my body held up really well. I was running within the next couple of days. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And you know, and Cause like I've my longest training run ever has been like 17 miles, and I bet I've done that maybe twice. And I've gone to a, and I've done I did three ultras last year, and the last one I was kind of hurting from it because it was the one that was in Carolina, and you could pretty much run that whole race. I mean, it was flat enough you could run that whole race, so it kind of it hurt pretty bad afterwards. But I put a lot of it to, um getting away with not having to train a lot of miles is because I work and I'm on my feet like most of the day. So it's like, I'm, you know, it's not hard work, but it's like, you're doing like a little endurance event almost every day. So for people like me and you that, you know, work on our feet, you know, we're used to being on our feet. So it's not as traumatizing a recovery as it could be. Yeah. That's what I think. Anyway, it might be false, but kind of what i say i mean i've always thought that too i mean working ups and then going working construction i mean i'm walking around in the heat all day and you know i mean i, th- I think i think you're right i mean when somebody says you know what's the first thing i should do to get ready for an ultra i always say bef- before you even try to run a lot of miles i tell them just make sure you can stay on your feet at least eight eight plus hours yeah you know I mean, and honestly, like, that's what I like about the rucking and stuff. Like, you just end up being on your feet for a really long time. That's that's usually my main focus when I'm training for an ultra is just time on feet, just staying on my feet for a long time, and getting used to that. Right. Have you ever done any Spartan ultras? I did. Um, yeah, I did the uh, Vermont Ultra Beast twice. Back when the only Ultra Beast was in Vermont. Oh wow, that was that was a while back. Did you do the one that was like a because didn't they do one there that was like a total almost 30 miles and it wasn't like looped it was just a one loop yep i was there the last time that they ever did it i think that was 2013 oh wow i bet that was awesome it was man it was really cool and like i just didn't realize it back then but yeah like knowing now like that that was the last one and just you know being able to do a one loop ultra beast it was pretty sweet yeah I, we did Killington last year, and that was my first time going up there. And we did the ultra there, and it was, it was fun. But that's that's a hard race, and so far that's that's the only one I've signed up to do again this year. Me and my buddy, we both said at the end of that race, we're not going to do an ultra here again, and we both signed up to do it again. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same thing for me. I was like, all right, I've done that. I don't want to do that again. And then the next year, they were having the world championship there, and I. Ran the beast on Saturday and did the ultra beast on Sunday. Oh wow, that's crazy! I don't. We signed up to do the beast the next day, but I think we ended up doing the sprint and we just kind of had fun on the sprint. I don't know if I could have done the beast after doing the ultra on Saturday. That was pretty rough. My hip flexors were just what was bothering me from all those downhills. You know, I felt pretty good going up, but just 
going down all those steep inclines towards the end of the day, it starts getting to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially Vermont. I mean, that's a tough course. Yeah, it is. The Ultra Loop was, it was pretty rough there last year. It was just as hard as the Death March. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I probably won't be ready for it just like I wasn't last year, but hopefully I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that feeling. Sometimes you just got to have a good poker face. Yeah. Well, hey, Sean, we're getting into like, you know, t- getting close to an hour, and I've got a bunch of questions that I usually ask everybody that comes on here. Cool. And it's some of my favorite questions. So, um, so to date, what has been like – your your best race or the race that you enjoyed the most that you love the most and why uh, let's see the race that I enjoyed the most man that is a hard one man I mean I you know thinking back to that first ultra beast I did that was that was pretty cool. Um, you know, my wife was there and just like being able to, to do that. Cause I hadn't even been training like this, right. like I ran my first race in October and I, you know, I ran that ultra beast less than a year later. I think it was in September. Right. So like, from starting training to go in and doing the Vermont ultra beast, it was like, that was the first time I was like, wow, like this is really possible, you know? And that's, um, the first time like a company reached out to me and, you know, asked me about being sponsors. That was like, oh wow, that was, yeah, that was like a big race for me. Um, Who was it that I, reached out to your sponsor? That was a uh, Athletics Eight back then, Marina Sport back now. Oh yeah, because they made like yeah. shorts and stuff like that, right? And shirts and stuff. Yeah, it's all compression gear. They do pretty much everything. You know, full pants, shorts, shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Did you run a clean race when you run that race? I didn't. No, I missed my spear throw twice. Ooh. No. Yeah, it would have been once on that. No, no, I want to say they had two spear throws at that race. I think they did. Was yeah, that the one they called a founder's race or something, too? I can't remember. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. But that... I mean, there's, I mean, there's just been so many like little races, you know, like where like, you know, I just finished and like, you know, different things, you know, you know, your first race where you don't have any burpees or anything like that. Or remember my first elite race that was like back, you know, a year later at Carolina Adventure World. That's always been a special race and like a special venue for me just because of, uh, you know, that's where it all started for me, so I love that place. Anytime I'm out there, it's cool. They're going back there again this year. Dude, they just posted today. They're changing the venue already again. Are you serious? I swear, dude. I just posted it on Instagram. I shared it on Instagram. It's moving to the, uh, oh, my God, the, oh, it's, I don't know how to say, say it. It's like uh, Tyrion or Tyron Equestrian Center, and it looks like it's maybe 30 minutes north of spartanburg wow yeah dang man i know i was excited it was going back to carolina too of course i like spartanburg too i like both of those venues were good to me yeah so yeah i mean 
Uh, I mean, there's other races. I mean, I hit another, I hit another podium this year at um, Charlotte Sprint. That was big, you know. Yeah, like, that was that I, day. It was like super muddy too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like rainy and slippery, and um, I mean, I was just in the right place at the right time. Honestly, I actually, I mean, I finished fifth in that race, but then it came down to um, third place and fourth place failed the monkey bars, and um, they didn't do all their burpees. No so, way. Yeah, so it moved me into third. Man, and I hope it's one of those things where they're in the middle of doing him, and they're like, shoot, I forgot my count. You know, I, I hope that, you know, there's people, and I know that there people do, but, you know, it's always good to feel like people that are in the top 10 are at least counting and meaning to do all 30 of their burpees, man. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's the same way. I mean, both of them dudes are good dudes, you know. I race with them before and we'll continue to race and they're good dudes, so. Well, that's good. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been in the middle of a workout, like forget how many rounds. I'm yeah, on or forget how many reps. I mean, we've all been there, you know. And it might have been one of those things where they weren't, their feet weren't leaving the ground all the way, and they might not have had their hands all the way above their ears on one all the way too. Yeah, I know that was one of them. His like his chest wasn't touching the ground or something like that, and so like I mean he got dropped to like ninth place. Whoa, yeah. yeah. They're getting more critical on it, but yeah, man, I know a lot of people were hating that race because it was so wet and muddy. It was just like that last year, too. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that race last year. It was a fun race to me, even though it was, I mean, the conditions were awful, but I mean, it was just fun. It was my first race back into the year, and I don't know, I ran uh, four laps on that Saturday when it was drizzling all day. I'd come in and drink a fit aid and eat a banana and a cliff bar and i'd go out again it's <laughs> yeah, good stuff yeah. Yeah, it was a fun race so so all right man so what has been your worst race or the race you hated the most and why oh the race i hated the most um i think it was let's see two years ago I went down to Florida. You know, they have that beast in December. Yes. <laughs> and, um, I was just, I think I was just so burnt out from racing. Me and Darun, like, we traveled to go a lot. We had traveled to a lot of races that year. And um, it's just really late in the season. Like, around that time, like, everything starts cranking up at UPS. I'm working tons of hours. Yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, and so, like, I, I wasn't training as much, and, like, I went down there, and, I mean, I just got the crap beat out of me. I remember, yeah, like, you passed me shortly somewhere in there before the finish, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think you and missed I, your like, spear, I, and I made mine is what it was. Yeah, like, I missed it. It was like everything just, like, went wrong, you know? I couldn't run. Like, I was just, like, slow, and it was just, it was just a bad race all around. I just wasn't ready, and, like, so... After that race, I was like, I'm not racing in December anymore. November, I'm going to my off season. So I wasn't ready, you know, and it just, I was wore out and shouldn't have been racing. See, I remember this race, and there's a funny story that goes with this race and me and Sean, because Sean was in front of me, and there was two other guys. I don't remember who they were. And the volunteer sees us coming up to the log carry, and uh, he says, Women, 
get the logs on the right. Men get all these logs all the way to the left, and he accentuated all the way to the left. Oh, yeah. And I I assumed, you know, Sean had race brain. Sean went and picked up the the log that was all the way to the left, and it was like the base of a pine tree pretty much. I don't know if you could have wrapped both of your arms around this log and bear hugged it. It was so big. And I, and I was still running up to the pile, and I was thinking, damn, Sean just picked up the biggest damn log. And I'm like, so, and me and the two other guys behind them, we pick up these little logs that look like limbs off the tree that Sean picked up. I don't even think Sean could run with this log. It was so big. And all three of us come around Sean, and I heard Sean just go, man, damn. You said something like in a sigh, and I said, and I come around you, I was like, Sean, did you pick up the heaviest one? (laughs) Yeah, I remember that, man. That was just like, that jerk, he was like, pick up the ones on the left. So, like, I went all the way to the left and picked up the dang log. Yeah. I mean, just... That was, you know, one of those two mistakes. It was was something the way he, but, and I thought the same thing because it was something in his wording to make you think you had to start at the logs that were all the way to the left in the pile. I don't know. it Because I was thinking the same thing when I come up to it, but I saw you pick up that log and then like the two other guys in front of me, they totally bitch picked and so did I. I (laughs) I picked up the smallest one I could find. You know, that was on the top. Yeah. But, man, that was a funny story to me. Yeah, it was, man. <laughs> it was just me being, like, you know, stupid. I was, like, I always feel bad because I'm like, man, I'm not picking up the tiniest log. But then it's like, dude, just pick up the tiniest log. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're allowed to pick the thing up, you're just wasting time by picking yeah. up a big log. Yeah. I mean, I like picking up the, the – I would rather have, like, instead of, like, a small, big, around one, I would rather have, like, a longer one. That way it yeah. kind of balances on you, kind of like that big, you know, 4x4 four four is savage, you know? Yeah. Just so it balances a little better when you're running with it. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I remember that race. We hung out a lot, me, you, and Darun there. I think we had a lot of exchanges on both of those races both days. Yeah. That was yeah. that race where this coyote, it was huge, just come running out in front of me. And I was like, it was one of those times where there wasn't nobody in front of me. There wasn't really nobody behind me. And it ran out in front of me, and I screamed obscenities and almost pissed myself. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I can't remember if that was the race me and Darun got lost on, too, at one point. It was just like everything went wrong that race. It was a bad race. I remember that being the first race we went to that had a two-section twister. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. And it was downhill. Really? I was like, man, I'm not going to get anywhere to make up time on this beast at all. Yeah, I mean, it was just, and like, I remember hitting my head on the bell, and I was like, what? Because it was already done. I didn't even pay attention to it not being three sections when I got on it. And you have a good memory. Like, I don't even remember all the stuff that you bring it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I don't know, I guess there's certain things stand out. Now, I can't, I don't remember where the sandbag was at at that race at all, but I remember where the bucket was. I remember the log carry just because of that story. <laughs> because that, to me, that was just, that was funny shit, and I just tell it all the time. 
not one of my brightest moments, but hey. <laughs> but I, I just I knew what you did because I remember that volunteer just saying these logs all the way to the left, and maybe that was how he said it. And you you did you were the first one there, and you did exactly what he said. You picked up the one all the way to the left, and that's what I was thinking. The biggest freaking one. <laughs> it was man. It was like twice as big around as the ones that me and those other two guys got. We just come jogging around you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I remember you. I remember you talking at the end of the race, and you were like, "This just wasn't the race for me." And you know, and you said, "I wasn't even going to come down here." And Darun talked me into it. Yeah. <laughs> that whole race, we were driving down there, and we were like, "It's not too late to turn back." Like the whole, the whole eight-hour, nine-hour drive, whatever it was for us, we were like, "It's not too late to turn back." Shoot, man, it was still a fun race, man. It was a good race this year. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't go in 2018, did y'all? No, I told you, I'm not racing. You're not racing this December, no. <laughs> that, but it was, it was a good race. I think they did a little bit better with the venue uh, this year, man. It had like one of the lowest barbed wires you ever been through, too. It was, it was pretty cool. It was a good time, even though I cramped like hell on the beast. But we had a good time down there this past year. <clears throat> All right, man. So, what is your race ritual, like, what is Sean eating, like, the night before a race? What did, what do you eat in the morning of? Like, what kind of supplements are you taking? If you're planning on running on Sunday, what are you doing to recover after the race on Saturday? Tell okay. us all your trade secrets, bro. Yeah, this is pretty much how it goes. My thing this year <laughs> has been turkey sandwiches the night before. <laughs> like, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise. And, uh, so I, mean, I, I take food. it you're packing your own dinner then, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, I pack my own food every time I go to a race. So, yeah, the night before, it, literally every race this year has been turkey sandwiches. And then the morning of, I don't like eating a lot. Usually I'll either have, it's either like a smoothie, like made out of just, like, just a bunch of different fruit, or yeah. it's just like, um, some grapes or like some strawberries and blueberries mixed together. It's like very basic, but that's it. It's usually just like a little bit of fruit. I just noticed like the more that I eat the morning of, if I'm like going out for like a hard effort, then, um, my stomach just gets way too upset. Right. So just eating a little bit, you know, helps me out more and I'll take like a gel out there maybe. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll have that right before the race or, um, during, but like my supplements, like, um, it's all human in, uh, human power van. I'll take like beet elite. Um, that's like, usually I'll do like two packets about 45 minutes to an hour before the race. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much every single race for the past five years. Oh, wow. You're not, you don't, you don't get in caffeine before? Not usually, no. Every now and then I'll have like, a little bit of Kill Cliff or something, but usually no. I usually don't run on caffeine. You're not a coffee drinker, Sean? I am a coffee drinker, and I love coffee, but um, just not on race day. How you take your coffee, man? You take it black like a man? No, I don't. Like a woman. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting that. Cream and sugar, man. I love that stuff. Man, so, like, me and my girlfriend, we tried to do that whole 30 diet, and, you know, it's like a 30-day diet, and you're... And, you can only drink black coffee on it, pretty much. And so, I was like, this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever tried to, like, transition from. 
like back when I drank soda, you know, you know, changing from regular soda to diet soda, that wasn't that hard. But to me, the hardest thing to get used to was drinking black coffee. And like, I can remember like the third day into it and I'm thinking, and I was only drinking like one cup and I'm usually like a three cup coffee drinker a morning. And so I'm like the third day into it and I'm only drinking like a cup a day at this point. And I'm thinking, I just don't know if I can get used to this. But after, and we only, like I said, we only did it for like 20 days, but dude, I, I mean, and we did it like it's been within less than a year, man. I drink my coffee black. I love it. And it's like a different, it's like a different craving now because like before you were craving the sugar and the creamer you put in it. Yeah. But like now, man, you're cra- you're craving black coffee. It yeah, sounds crazy, man. I Dude, I, mean, I, I challenge you. I challenge you. To try to do it, just one cup a day, two weeks. Just two force weeks. yourself to do it, man. Black coffee, two weeks. Dude, I think I'll try that, man. I've tried a lot of times to, like, just, like, cut the sugar. Because it's literally, like, that is, like, the only thing that, like, I, it's, like, really bad in my diet. Where, like, I'll, like, have, like, sugar and stuff like that. Besides that, I eat pretty clean. Right. Um, like, Laffy Taffy's during ultra races. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, during, like... You know, my everyday stuff, like, I'm pretty much, I'm eating a salad every day for lunch, you know, some turkey on it or something like that. Right. You know, eating chicken and fish, rice, veggies at night, stuff like that. And so that was the only thing. And so it's like, that's all I got left, man. And I love it. That's <laughs> like, the only way that I use my sugar and my coffee. I hear you. Now, man, I, I, like, if I want, like, a sweet, you know, I'll drink a cappuccino, you know, like, go to Starbucks and get a, you know, latte there. I love those things, too. But that's yeah. just, like, an indulgent thing I do every once in a while. Most of the time, I'd rather just eat cake or donuts if I'm going to indulge in something, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, how many miles are you, like, I see you train now, but, like, the way you're doing your Spartan races now, you're sticking more to the shorter stuff, like the supers and the sprints. How many miles do you train a week right now? Or is it honestly, just whatever you're feeling like? Honestly, man, like I'm rarely over 20 miles a week. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's about like me. That's probably why I never win. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. It's hard, man. Like running just to me is like so hard to get out there and do because it's just like time consuming and like... I feel like, I don't know, yeah. I, I can do it, you know, and I, I can go out and I can run ultras and stuff like that, but, like, just the training for it, man, I just get so bored running. I think it would be more interesting to me if there was trails closer by that were, you know, more exciting than what I have around here. I hate running on the pavement. I can't stand it. Yeah, that's what I have is a lot of pavement. I mean, there's a couple little trails around here that I've been trying to, like, get on more. Um but, like, I'm the only one that runs these trails in the woods, so they're, like, always grown over. Snaky, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's an excuse I use anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no, yeah, I don't want to get on no snake-bitten trail for sure. Man, that's like a fear. Me and a buddy, we run a, we run, it was, well, it was a trail marathon race in Blairsville, and we ended up missing a turn because it wasn't marked great. And we ended up doing it was our our first fifty k together because we missed a turn, and uh, I had my watch was about to die, so I was hooking up a portable battery to it, and I I was in front, and I let him go by, and like you know 
about a tenth of a mile later, I said, I said, dude, I'll catch up. And about a tenth of a mile, he got in front of me. I heard him just scream obscenities. And he's like, man, there's a damn rattlesnake up here, man. And it was just half, I mean, it was a, a single just footpath and grass was like knee high on both sides. And it was at the top of this mountain. And I was like, dude, where's that? I couldn't even see it. It was camouflaged so well, dude. That's crazy. And, and, and it was just as, about as long as my arm, dude. And he was he was healthy. We'd have been dead. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We'd have been dead. It's crazy, man. Yeah. So, all right, Sean, man, I'm out of questions, man. But I'll, I also want to know, like, what is the funniest thing that's ever happened at a race to you that you just, you know, was like, that was hilarious or just outrageous thing that's ever happened? Oh, man. Outrageous and funny. Or just a wild story, man. Tell us a story. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's got to be something with me and Darun. I mean, most of them revolve around the sketchy hotels that me and Darun stay in. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get some sketchy hotels, man. We're always, like, looking for whatever is the cheapest, you know? Like, we went to this one hotel, and, um, man, it was, it was just weird. Like, we get into the hotel room, and there's, like, like the windows unlocked, and it looks like... <laughs> we're like what in the world and like as soon as you shut your door in the room like you lose all cell signal we're like where are we at there's like two frozen pizzas still in the freezer <laughs> there's like a half drank diet coke on the on the dresser it's <laughs> funny man i've stayed in some places like that too as a matter of fact we stayed at the wyndham when we was going to the carolina adventure world and it was the last year it was there which what would that have been 2016 i guess and yeah. we stayed at a Wyndham. It was right beside a Hooters. And we were just laying. And it, I mean, in the, in, it was a micro tail. And we were laying in the bed. And I was just looking up at the ceiling. And it was like head level. It was like where a smoke alarm was at. But it was like one of those smoke alarms that was wired in. <laughs> and the head wasn't there. And there was two wires just sticking out. And I said... I said, look, that head's missing on that thing. And I touched those wires together, and it just arcs, dude. Oh and I'm God. thinking, dude, I'm glad I didn't get up, you know, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and, like, eat that with my face, you know? <laughs> uh, this one year, too, we went down to, uh, we were racing in Florida at one of the races, and uh, we talked one of our friends into going down, and he doesn't run Spartan races much. Yeah. So he was just going to volunteer and um get a free race out of it and just do the race that way and so like he volunteered and he got stuck at the bucket carry and like he was so mad at the end of the day like he was like i'm never going to another spark race <laughs> like, those idiots none of them want to help pick up buckets and like put it back like it was just it was hilarious he's like i spent my whole day i was the only one picking up buckets nobody cares like, <laughs> And he literally hasn't done one since. It's been like two years. <laughs> he was so mad funny. the whole weekend. We kept just messing with him. We were like, hey, uh, you know, there's another race coming up. If you want to volunteer, I know they need help with the bucket here. Yeah. Like, so that was, that was good. That's pretty funny. We Did you do West Virginia this past year? You were there, weren't you? Yeah. So yep. it was during the sprint, and I, I get like all the volunteers were pretty like lax at this point, but this kid, I don't know, he probably wasn't 15 or 16, but it was like right there where it was at the beginning, maybe like less than a mile in, and it was like where the, I think like there was like just the overwalls, like a couple of five foot walls, 
and there was like this lean to with like a steel roof, you know. I don't know what it went to because it was just right there in the middle of the field. And the volunteer got up on that roof and he was laying down like he was asleep or something. And so my buddy Michael, and we were just kind of running like a fun lap at this point, and my buddy Michael grabbed a whole handful of gravel and threw up there on that metal roof, and it like woke him up, and he was like, good job, way to go. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so it was pretty funny. Like, uh, I think Asheville, it might have been three years ago now, I remember I was like running through the woods, and like I I'm like cruising through the woods and I look ahead and I can see there was like this, it was like, like you said, like this little lean to thing and like standing under it. I see this like tall dude in a, in like a Patriots jersey and I'm like, and that guy looks like Randy Moss. And I'm like <laughs> cruising through there and like I get close. I'm like, Randy Moss? And he's like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> I remember that because that was like right there where that pond was at, and he was like spraying people with a water hose or something. Yeah, like, what in the world? But yeah, he was just like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> yeah, that was that year that they made us go way up into the mountain, and everybody was complaining because it got so hot, and they ended up cutting yeah. a mile off of it or something. Yeah, I know all the diehards wanted to bring that course back because that was an awesome course. Oh yeah. Well, hey, Sean, man, I don't want to hold you up no more. We're already over an hour, dude. Uh, you want to tell people, like, you know, you want to shout out to your sponsors and tell people where we can look for you on, like, Instagram and stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, sponsors, Armade, Kill Cliff, Human Power, and uh, Miranda Sport, uh, Get Busy Living. Gosh, I, that's nerve-wracking because I'm like, I'm going to forget one in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I always huge thanks to my wife for always. Yeah, you about messed up, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my main sponsor right there, dude. For real, <laughs> for real. Let me build this huge gym in the backyard of training, man. She's awesome. Yeah, like, what is she doing, like, when she's babysitting the kids, like, on the weekend, and you're going out having fun with your friends at all these races, man? How do you, like, pay her back for that? <laughs> And I try and let her just do what she wants, you know, when I come back, you know, try and let her get out with her friends and stuff, get her time out. I mean, dude, I got the best wife in the world, man. I'm not lying. Hey, that's like, awesome, man. Being able to do what I do, like, just knowing how much freedom I have to do, you know, the things that I want to do. She's the best, man. That's sure. awesome, man. That's a good way to end the show, dude. Well, hey, Sean, man, uh, you're going to be in Asheville, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Is that your next race? Yep, next one for me. All right, cool, man. Well, we'll see you there, man. And, hey, I appreciate you taking time to do this. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks All right. For me up. Cool, man. We'll see you in Asheville. All right, take it easy, man. Later. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Sean again for taking the time to talk to us. I'll be in Palmerton in a couple of weeks. That's my official last race as being a 39-year-old, or in my 30s, on Tuesday. I turn 40, so yay me, I guess, even though I've been 40 all year long, according to Spartan. Anyway, leave a review on iTunes. I'll read it. Thank you for all the reviews I've gotten this far. Thank you for everybody that's reached out and asked, hey, man, when are you going to do another episode? Sorry about that. Been on vacation, been lazy, been busy with work some days, and sometimes, you know, just wait for the right idea right inspiration it all helps 
thanks for uh, everybody that comes up to me and talks at the races. I hope to meet some new people and see some old friends at Palmerton in a couple of weeks. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you next race. Later.